Good afternoon. Good morning, everyone. Again, uh, I'm BK from the Pennsylvania Park Maintenance Institute. Uh, today, we have invited two experts from the fields of consulting. Um, with economic uncertainty and shrinking budget concerns on the horizon, there's an increasing need for essential service providers to use a data-driven approach to make strategic decisions, calculate value, and communicate return on investment to the public. Some organizations have been fortunate enough to implement software systems to assist with this process. Some organizations may be utilizing Excel spreadsheets or paper-based filing systems, and some organizations may simply need to learn where to start. For this session of Shop Talk, we have invited Barbara Heller and Jesse Mayotte, both from G Barry Dunn, to share their experience consulting with organizations and municipalities. Barbara is a manager and practice lead for Parks and Recreation with Barry Dunn since June 2019. Previously, she was the president of Heller & Heller Consulting, a managing consulting firm specializing in state and local government, primarily in parks and recreation industry. She also has additional consulting experience with Sasaki Associates and Pros Consulting and has been performing client-focused consulting engagements for 14 years. Prior to, her, prior to consulting experience, Barbara spent over 30 years working at local government level with a variety of park systems. She, has, she was the executive director of Naperville Park District and Elk Grove Park District, both in Illinois. Barbara has also held positions with municipal government organizations in Arlington, Texas, Montgomery County, Maryland, and Prince William County in Virginia. Jesse is a municipal finance and management professional bringing nearly a decade of public sector experience relevant to many areas of local government, having served in analyst and senior management roles for the cities of Daly City and South San Francisco, California, as well as Brookline and Watertown, Massachusetts. Jesse's municipal business process knowledge extends through city administration, citywide operations, budget planning, monitoring and delivery, public works, economic development and redevelopment, library and recreation services and facility planning, capital improvement, program development, and compensation and benefits analysis. Now that was a mouthful. <laughs> I'm very excited to have Barbara and Jesse present for us today and look forward to learning more about how we all can measure organizational performance. And without further ado, I'm gonna hand it over to Barbara. All right, hey, thanks so much, BK. And thanks to all of you for uh, tuning in this afternoon for this riveting session on measuring organizational performance. And as BK was introducing me and talking about my background, it made me think I have really been around for a long time. I'm really an old dog. Um, and what I thought we could do here is, you know, I'm really interested in knowing who the heck all you folks are. Um, so I thought what we could do is we could, every single person that's attending, um, introduce yourself, tell us a little bit about yourself. I figure that'll take about an hour and then we'll just wrap it up and uh, <laughs> you get credit. Now, actually, we have some things that we, we want to talk about with all of you because you're obviously interested in this topic. And 
we're going to talk about four things. Uh, what is performance measurement? And just some of the challenges and opportunities. As BK said, I've been around for a long, long time. And one of the elements that I think organizations have a lot of difficulty with is figuring out what's important to measure and, and how do we measure and, and just some of the constraints that get in the way. So we'll be talking about that. And then just some strategies for uh, measurement and developing measures. And then we'll wrap it up by talking a little bit about organizational culture. So in terms of performance management, what we'd like for you guys to do, because we know how <clears throat> tiring it can be to just listen to a speaker. So what we'd like you to do is, if you could just write in the chat box, just what are some examples of measures that you're currently using? So we see cost recovery, open space per capita, uh, number of members engaged, amount of money collected, number of attendees, uh, monthly revenue and expense, 311 response, playground safety, uh, park acreage per population, labor hour KPIs. I'm really interested in the labor hour KPIs. So whoever wrote that uh, would like to get some info from you. Uh, arrests by category of crime. That's an interesting one from M Mike. Uh, budgeting projects. Anything else or do we kind of cover that hour, weekly facility usage, which is really important. So yeah, so there was a real wide variety. Uh, some were related to level of service, some were related to budget, some were related to just some measures around participation, finance, um, facility usage. And uh, here is one improvement in litter scores. Um, and then somebody else tracks visits to websites. So what's really interesting about that is just the disparate nature of all of those responses. And that brings up an element to mind of, you know, what, what is important to measure and how do you figure that out? So this slide talks a little bit about that. You know, any organization in terms of moving forward and measuring organizational performance, it really is tied into what the organization's strategy is, mission, um, and here we use the word purpose, but also just mission. You know, what is your purpose? What is your mission? What are the important elements of what you're doing? So that's really a starting point. And something in support of that is the strategy or strategic direction of your organization. Um, a lot of agencies do strategic plans, master plans, equity plans, pedestrian plans. There's all these plans. Well, one thing that's really important about all these plans is to have some measurement in place to measure process. So you wanna certainly identify what community, organizational or policy goals are to help drive performance. You wanna prioritize you know, what's most important. And that's true for measurement. Too many organizations make the mistake of trying to measure way too many things. So you wanna really restrict it to the vital few measures that are important to you. Um, and then reporting on the progress is very, very important. 
And if you're looking for an example of an agency that's doing great work in this arena, it's the Park District of Oak Park in Illinois, www.pdop.org. And I'll, I'll put that in the chat box when Jesse takes over this session. But what they've done is they've identified what their key strategic areas are from just accomplishing their mission, uh, maintaining and improving in infrastructure, being customer focused, being financially um, uh, sustainability, uh, sustainable, and they have measures associated with all of these. And if you go on their website, first of all, it's a little bit hard to find these. Um, you click on innovation, you click on um, about the Park District of Oak Park, click on innovation, and then you'll find some of the performance measures. But it's all real-time information um, that they track, and they've been tracking it for years. So anyway, that's just a, a, a shout out to an organization that's really, really best practice. So next slide. So, you know, why, why undertake performance measurement? And this is actually like a very important question to ask because for many organizations, there's usually some real pushback from employees toward the measurement of how we're doing. Uh, it, it takes a lot of effort to get employee buy-in for most organizations. I know at one point, Westminster, Colorado, Parks and Recreation, was going to embark on measuring performance, but they really took a lot of time to put this into play because they really worked very uh, thoughtfully on how to engage employees and get employees on board to do this. So in terms of why undertake it, uh, what gets measured gets done. You will find that when you start measuring different elements, employees understand and recognize that that's important and they'll pay attention to it. And if you don't measure, you really can't tell success from failure. And if you, if you can't see success, you can't reward it. Um, and then if you can't recognize failure, you can't correct it. So the other important part of this is, I, I work with a lot of different agencies and almost everywhere I go, I hear the comment that, you know what, we, we are not really good at telling our story. And performance measures are certainly a way of being able to do that. It really helps to take, uh, to take your show on the road, so to speak, and to, to win public support. I know in master plan processes, one of the common elements, and some of you called this out when you mentioned different elements that you measure, it's really important to know, like if, you're, if you have deficits for park acreage or amenities, measuring through level of service, just where you are as compared to benchmark communities is a way of demonstrating that you need some help. Um, another one is um, budget related. I know that a few years ago, NRPA did a study of identifying what percent of an average park and recreation department, what percent is tax support versus earned revenue. And it was 70% tax support, 30% earned revenue. So I worked with an agency where they were getting zero uh, tax support. They were 100% earned revenue. And having that metric uh, to let them be able to communicate that to their elected officials was really helpful. The last bullet I have on here is just intuition versus data. 
you know, it's kind of interesting how everybody's a little different. Everybody manages a little bit differently. And to some people, very data oriented, really like facts and figures and numbers. Other people might be more inclined to use in intuition. And you can imagine that, you know, the use of data and use of performance measures is really important to be able to support your decisions in something that you're not going to shoot from the hip and just use your intuition all the time. Intuition is good in, in cases, but using some data is also like really, really critically important. Great. Well, uh, uh, thank you, Barbara, for, for that kickoff. Um, I'm going to jump into our, um, our second uh, section of the session here this afternoon. And uh, we've, we've got some challenges and some opportunities um, that we'd like to go over. I'm sure some of the challenges are um, ones that we've all experienced and continue to experience uh, on a daily basis with regards to um, measuring our organizational performance and um, uh, figuring out really how to develop the, the right measures and the right metrics and, and really capture the right data to, to tell the story we want to tell. Um, and we hope that uh, this will provide some insight and some, some valuable information here um, uh, uh, for some takeaways. Um, we have our second question that we wanted to kind of uh, ask you here initially, um, and then we'll get started into the second se uh, session, excuse me. But uh, um, we can use the chat feature again, but um, what are some of the challenges and, and obstacles you have experienced when trying to measure organizational performance um, in your experience thus far. And we'll give a minute to uh, assess what folks are saying. Yeah, we're seeing uh, park usage, uh, unclear goals or expectations, some staffing challenges and resistance, staff buy-in, Couple regarding staff buy-in, frontline staff, and data, access to data, and limited resources just to uh, embark really on um, what can be a, a very labor or resource intense uh, endeavor. Um, but we're hoping um, to provide some insight as to how maybe we could trim some of the effort off that and still get you the value um, that, that you can derive from um, developing measures and, and, and really telling your story in an innovative way. Great. Yes, data an analysis as well. Well, we'll go ahead and, uh, and jump right in. And uh, um, I kind of wanted to start with some common challenges. Um, and, and we have a little uh, metric over here that's uh, specific to um, you know Pennsylvania Parks and Recreation. And it just caught me because um, the, just the, the, the sheer number of, of, the, uh, of the data points here is, is overwhelming uh, initially. And we haven't even begun to um, have a conversation about how we would dive into any one element of this, um, how we would organize the information, what would be the correct way to, to, to get things out into the open, transparency, and, and tell that story with all of the inputs and effort that it would take to service and maintain 6,000 plus parks, almost 200,000 acres, and 319 swimming pools, and so on and so forth. So that is usually the common uh, you know, challenge initially. It's, it's that first step. And, and really, a lot of times, and, and I'm guilty of this and have been guilty of it for many years, um, uh, the, the natural thing to do 
is is to to jump on and look at what we did in the past. Um, you know, a lot of us, uh, uh, me included, have started um, you know embarking on performance measurement program development and organizational assessment by really looking at at the budget. Uh, wh what did we do last year? Where did we end up with regards to um, uh, budget spent? Um, how many of X did we do? How many widgets did we complete? So on and so forth. And in really that provides some use to a certain extent. It is good to know where you ended up and what you did previously. Uh, however, it, it doesn't provide the context uh, uh, often. Um, you know, for instance, just because you came in under budget um, doesn't necessarily mean that that's a, an absolute good thing. Uh, you know, perhaps you came in under budget because you didn't execute as many of, of, the, of the items that you want to. Uh, perhaps you didn't build as many things as you wanted to, and, and perhaps you didn't, uh, you know, uh, tackle the number of projects that you had scheduled. So um, while they can be of some use, uh, you know, we, we do caution on, on using things that uh, uh, really have already been um, uh, published or completed or, or compiled in, in, many, in many ways. Um, in order to get away from that, we really want to move a, a, um, away from, you know, counting things more or less. Um, although, again, I don't want to take away from doing that because there is some value. But um, we're starting to find that the real value gleaned uh, um, by embarking on an organizational assessment program or a performance management or measurement program is, is capturing and reporting on, on, on those things that are not tangible. Uh, they're, they're very important. They're very impactful. Uh, but it's the innovation. It's the learning and development and the change that, that we may, um, uh, you know, imbue uh, just because we start doing things in, in a different way or better or more efficiently. Um, and this is kind of the way I, uh, I characterize it. I like to look at it in a little bit of a different direction, whereas, you know, the, the financials, looking at things we've completed um, is, is what we've done really for, for something uh, else. Um, looking at innovation and learning and change is, is really the way we would uh, capture the value we're pushing out to others or, or an additional um, organization, something like that. Very difficult to do, but certainly uh, much more valuable if we can um, get organized to uh, do it effectively and efficiently. Um, another challenge is, uh, you know, focusing on the short term. Uh, we, um, we've heard in many different uh, sayings and in ways that the urgent typically drives out the important. Um, you know, often, it, when it when that happens, it, it causes us to focus on really the the here and now, uh, the daily operations, uh, figuring out how to continuously operate effectively and efficiently, um, you know, under the radar um, within the current framework of the way we're doing things. Um, again, much like backward looking financials or metrics, um, that's not a bad thing. Uh, uh, all in all, um, there is value in focusing on the short term, uh, monitoring and managing our day to day and our incremental improvements um, does does often produce efficiency, um, but it often does steal away from that, that longer term vision as, as Barbara alluded to in some previous slides about uh, really incorporating that um, organizational uh, strategy, vision, policy goals into what we're doing. Uh, and when we do that, we tend to evolve away from the short term um, and um, uh, build upon those short term efficiencies we were just talking about. But in doing so, if we build upon those efficiencies, it often evolves into innovations. Um, and that gets us beyond the mission and kind of working towards a, a, a vision, uh, something we'd like to be about in the future. Um, you know, this often requires a, a significant, um, um, you know, 
adjustment of current practices to, to really be innovative. Um, and, and with that, it hopefully translated in, in, into some uh, industry innovation down, down the road. Uh, in doing so, um, you know, when we embark on these 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 um, efforts, uh, we we always encounter sensitivity and transparency um, uh, kind of problems or or issues, whether they be political. Um, we saw a lot of uh, staff buy-in um, uh, obstacles that uh, came up in the chat when we asked the question, um, and those are the sensitive things that often present hurdles um, for developing and embarking on an effective organizational assessment. Um, we don't want to hurt anybody's feelings. We don't want anybody to feel like like they're not doing their job well. Um, and we also don't want to feel like we're holding information from our stakeholders in the public or elected officials uh, because we're not happy with what the information uh, may be saying or, or how it may be interpreted. Um, and that really gets us to the final uh, uh, challenge is, is converting that last mile of data. Uh, within the chat, I also saw some things about what to do with the, the data once we get it and, and how to uh, organize it and, and, and provide. Uh, perform that analysis. Um, but you really converting that last mile is where the value is. It's we have everything. How do we put it together and get it out there so we can reap uh, uh, the benefits of it? Um, we do that by overcoming some of those short-term challenges. Um, you know, we want to report on delivering daily results and, and customer satisfaction. Uh, and we also want to report that we're getting efficient. Things are getting done faster and cheaper uh, and more effectively. Uh, but we also want to convert that data to show that uh, we're, we're meeting those, those policy goals, um, that, that our operation is effective, um, and we're, we're, we're working toward that vision to, to really um, ultimately get to that um, industry transformation. Um, some further opportunities in um, uh, getting that, that last mile of data. And, and I should make a point that we'll kind of transition in, in a common theme among, amongst the next uh, few slides is going to be really a, a data-driven approach. Um, uh, data is ubiquitous now. Um, there's more and more of it everywhere. Um, we're, we're running into problems because we're feeling overwhelmed. Um, so the, there, there are opportunities to really use all of this data um, and, and make it work for us. Um, and some of the things to start to consider uh, when developing an assessment program or a performance measurement program is um, the company of staff that, that may be um, using this data or, or really charged with, with developing your approach to measurements. Um, and, you know, and not to say that we all need to be uh, data scientists, uh, but really, um, you know, staff skilled in data analytics should really be staff skilled in your data, uh, in your analytics. Um, do staff staff really understand the, the purpose, the mission, the vision of, of the organization? Why, why do we exist? What is its purpose? Um, and, and, and really engendering that, that type of familiarity with the operations will provide a, a lot of benefit and value in developing a program. Um, as we know, technology is uh, is becoming um, you know more and more user friendly and ubiquitous when it comes to um, performing these types of operations, whether it's work order systems or reporting systems that we use to. Um, uh, uh, really complete day-to-day -day tasks, those systems are um, uh, capturing a lot of data. Um, and, and if we can effectively extract and use that data and organize it, um, it, it will um, go a long way in, in helping us develop uh, uh, effective programs. 
Data-driven performance, you know, continues to be a, a priority uh, for many agencies. And, and the reason that's an opportunity is, is just that as more and more agencies are making this a priority, we can all benefit from one another's uh, successes and lessons learned. Um, you know, I, uh, um, presentations like today's uh, where we all get together and kind of talk about uh, what works and what isn't, um, you know, technology that is user-friendly and maybe um, things that aren't so user-friendly, things of that nature. We will benefit from that herd of agencies going in the direction to really um, effectively measure organizational effectiveness. Um, again, the, the folks are figuring out um, uh, ways to use data uh, a lot better um, to make it really work for them instead of against them, but there's a long way to go um, uh, as, as things are, are, are more connected um, and generate more data. You kind of get uh, familiar with one thing and then it's a one step forward, um, one, a two steps back type of thing. So we want to be sure that we're always taking that opportunity to use our data um, in, in ways that benefit us. Um, Barbara alluded to, you know, using that performance measure uh, program to uh, gain buy-in from staff. I uh, just wanted to reiterate that here. It's uh, it's very important um, to, to use performance and goal setting to um, uh, not, not really prevent I, I got you environment or to say someone's not doing what they're supposed to, but really to gain that collective buy-in and, and show how an organization can move forward together um, and, and really be successful. And most of all, we want to take the opportunity to, uh, to make our data work for us. Um, in order to do that, we wanted to just share some strategies uh, uh, for metric development and reporting. I know we've kind of talked about some real global themes and, and high-level um, uh, items at the moment, and I, I will continue to do so at a certain level. And, uh, you know, Barbara will um, close out the session with some specific examples, uh, which will uh, be beneficial uh, and great. But I wanted to talk about uh, um, a little bit of a, a unique approach to um, a metric development and, and strategy for reporting out. And that really involves involves um, using data, uh, but, but not necessarily reporting uh, uh, it, data as it is. It, it's really using that and converting it into a story. Um, and, and in order to do so, we really want to, um, uh, you know, look at the key resources and people um, uh, that, that are involved in our um, operation. Um, you know, what are our key activities? Um, who are our key partners and what are our key resources? Um, we certainly want to reach out and create those, uh, you know, stakeholder relationships, uh, understand who our customers are, um, what is, what are we doing and who are we doing it for, um, and, and what segments of the population are, are we doing that for. Um, and of course, you know, back to the financial, we all still have to exist uh, within budgets and, and, and operate within um, cost structures and, and, and revenue and expense uh, uh, streams. So we always want to be cognizant that we're identifying um, all of really those metrics and those activities. Activities and, and taking those as a whole and beginning to organize those in such a way that's going to really benefit um, our organization and help us tell our story. Uh, um, you know, key approaches are um, it, when, when doing this is, is really to keep it simple. Um, you know, uh, again, you know, uh, Barbara also measured, um, you know, measure the, the vital few. What's, what's really important? Um, uh, if it's too difficult to measure, it probably isn't worth measuring. We don't want this to be an overly complex exercise, um, but we do want it to be a, a valuable exercise uh, and a valuable program. Uh, we want you to revisit things uh, frequently, review, revise, and update targets, goals, uh, even metrics, dashboard elements, things of that nature. It, it, it helps provide a, a fresh perspective uh, and allows um, uh, really for some from continuity of, of reporting when, when things change up a little bit. Uh, 
it's helpful to use multiple indicators when developing, uh, you know, metrics or performance programs. Uh, we can look at outputs, you know, those counting of things. How many, how many things did we do? How many acres did we mow? Um, how many miles of, uh, of, of X did we lay in the ground? So on and so forth. Uh, but we certainly want to, you know, consider those outcomes as well, the impact that we had on things, um, uh, as well as how efficient and effective we did those. Uh, and really having different levels of measures is, is vitally important as well can have global measures at the uh, organizational or department level, but also divisional member uh, measures are very helpful as well. They're a little bit closer to the frontline staff. Again, another element that came up in the chat uh, um, that, that provided some, some hurdles. Um, and that allows folks to really say, hey, this is really tied to what I'm doing on a daily basis, and this is how I can affect this uh, one way or the other. And that really gets us to, um, you know, in, in uh, in opposition really to developing a, uh, a, a traditional dashboard or performance measurement program, um, you know, I want to offer in the next couple of slides uh, an alternative approach. Uh, and that really is, uh, you know, developing a narrative around your data. Uh, again, instead of, instead of reporting out those metrics of I did X, Y, and Z and X number of things, uh, really figure out how you can use data as that foundation, but kind of keep it hidden in the background and, and tell your story in another way. And perhaps that may make it more accessible and provide more value to the organization. Um, you know, you always want to uh, identify what you want to do first. Um, and, and that really gets you thinking about, um, you know, can you give people uh, an understanding of, uh, of what we're doing um, in a way that doesn't involve numbers? Um, if, if we want to do that, how would we obtain that information? Um, you know, and how would we analyze that information? We talked about it being hard to measure innovation uh, and change. Um, and learning. Um, so it does take, take some uh, brainstorming about how to um, uh, really accomplish all of this. And then ultimately, how can we get folks to um, uh, digest it? Uh, what would we visualize um, all of this looking like uh, if we embark on, on doing something like this? couple of key points to help you with that is um, if, if you did want to take a more storyboard type approach, um, it, you know, you think about your narrative and your data, you put those two together and you really get an explanation about something. So whether it's a task or uh, something the organization is embarking upon, um, putting those two together it will give a, a reader or a consumer of, of that information an explanation. Um, if we look at a visualization, a graphic or something that has the fundamental use of that data, that would provide some sort of enlightenment. Um, it gives a, a little bit uh, more of an approachable stance to things. It doesn't require putting two things together or mathematics or anything of that nature. It's just very digestible and consumable. Um, and really that third point, that narrative plus the visuals, uh, get you get that engagement. And that's really what we're all looking for here is uh, how do we engage folks and get them familiar and understanding uh, of what we're doing? Um, and in doing so, are they thinking that we're doing a good job and therefore we're essentially measuring our organizational effectiveness in that way. Um, you have to connect a series of events. We can't have one-off measures here and there or you know dashboard elements that don't connect uh, very well. Um, it really you know think of a story. It has a, a, a beginning, a middle, and an end and, and there are connections in between that that really bring the person all the way through. 
um, and, and, and really give your organization that personal face you're looking for. Uh, because really at the end of the day, you know, nobody wants to stare at numbers and, and kind of uh, out of context. They don't know if, uh, you know, 10,000 acres is a lot or a little um, and don't appreciate, uh, you know, the amount of effort it may take to um, service that. In order to do that, to really put that face to it, uh, you know, I, I mentioned earlier that uh, the numbers have to stay hidden a little bit. Uh, you know, numbers are not your whole story. Um, we want to, you know, be able to approach things uh, uh, in, a, in a digestible way, make people engage that don't know a spreadsheet from a bedsheet is what we like to say. Uh, you know, really, really kind of uh, loop them in, uh, but don't put them off with something they may not understand. Um, it helps to, um, you know, put numbers in context. Uh, Things that just are one-offs um, are, are not are not going to be very useful in any way, shape, or form. So, really, using things that are um, uh, concurrent with what you're doing on a daily basis would be very helpful. Uh, and really, staying away from exact numbers. Um, you know, use things that uh, if you were to tell your story, you can round things. Use language that says, "Hey, we nearly doubled the amount of acreage that we um, are taking care of uh, last year uh, versus last year," instead of saying, "Hey, we went from 10,000 acres to 12,000 acres." Uh, again, folks don't really have the uh, the sense to to be able to visualize that. So, you know, using doubling language or one third can really help uh, the relator, uh, the reader, relate to things. Uh, again, that, that uh, relation is very um, important. Um, you know, compare things that are non-numeric. Uh, you know, this, this, the amount of, uh, I'll come back to the amount of uh, grassland we mow is the equivalent of three football stadiums. You know, something that someone can picture, uh, but, but relate to, but doesn't really need to, to, to calculate. Um, and, and you really don't have to, you know, be a wordsmith. Uh, you just want to report out and approach things um, with the way you would talk to somebody if we were having a conversation. Um, short and sweet, uh, uh, very, very concise and not lengthy in any way, shape or form. Uh, keep the clutter, less is more, uh, and, and really, um, you know, show and don't tell. Uh, use that visualization, but also use it in context uh, uh, within the, the broader scheme of things, but keeping the numbers out of it. Okay. Hey, first of all, before I, I uh, get back into it, um, are there any any questions or any comments? I, I know for me, I keep thinking about all of the obstacles that uh, all of you guys had mentioned as as problem areas and obstacles in in being able to implement a a, a measurement system. Um, if you want, if anybody has a question or or comment of anything that we've discussed so far. Or if you want to put it out there about, gee, you know, why is it so hard to get staff buy-in? Yeah, so any, any questions or comments, you can either unmute yourself and ask a question or um, feel free to use the chat box. And I'll just give a little, little time for people to think about that. I know one common comment that I hear from folks is that Measurements and data points don't necessarily uh, communicate well through different layers of the organization. So maybe administrations looking at one thing and then boots on the ground are looking at something different. Is there a way of creating a common language um, or at least coming to an agreement on prioritization of what data points everyone should be measuring? 
Oh, yeah, that's that's a really hard question. I only answer easy questions, and that <laughs> that was a hard one. Um, so, yeah, th um, that is for sure. And, and not only, you know, there's data silos. Um, a lot of divisions within a department will go about capturing some data and some results in their area, and, and they're not really speaking to one another. And who knows how they fit in with the organizational priorities. That's why, from my perspective, it really makes sense to, you know, you want to start at an organizational level. So more on the strategic direction, the mission, uh, start there, um, and it gets kind of everybody on the same page. And then from there, um, cascade that down so that the divisions might have several key measures of their own that are aligned with the organization. Um, not only do I hear what you said as being an issue, but another issue is that as it go, if you go down through the organization, it becomes more and more remote to a frontline employee. Like what the heck, you know, I, it doesn't mean anything to me. And that's why I think it's really important, like uh, uh, something from the, the Toyota production system. Toyota is really famous for making sure that employees are connected to all pieces of their processes. So they use a technique called visual management in which they have metrics all over the place. They're visual, um, you know, you don't need to have it necessarily on office walls, you can include it in an intranet but just sharing that information. And I think it's really important too for different areas of the organization to routinely report back to the rest of the organization how we're doing. So if I'm the director of the organization, I'm responsible for managing overall results, but then I'll have uh, division heads who will also be doing that. And just sharing that, you know, and sharing in the success, you know, it's not tangible to employees. I think that's part of the problem with employee buy-in is it just doesn't make any sense to them. It doesn't really, it, you know, they can't put their hands on it. Um, so cascading it down to divisions, visual management, sharing of the results, I think are all techniques to help in that regard. Jesse, anything to add? No, I, I think that's a that, you know that's a that's a comprehensive overview to yeah, a very difficult and and really tough to answer question. You know, I, I agree, Barbara. Okay, and then Joe Fricker. Thank you, Joe Fricker. Um, Joe Fricker, where are you from, by the way? Um, I love that name. And you're mentioning that John Dewar wrote a great book, Measure What Ma Ma Matters, which, uh, yeah, sounds like that could have been the title of the session. So <laughs> any, other, any other questions or comments? There is a question in the box there from Jeff Anderson, and he's asking, what are, what are some good tools for collecting data in the first place? You know, so how do you actually capture data? And, you know, is it just write it down on a pad and hope you don't lose it like I do with my grocery lists? Or is it something more sophisticated? Or, you know, what are some suggestions for people out there? And his example is customer service, you know, so how do you even start measuring something like customer service? Is it the old yeah. survey box on the desk that you hope people fill out? Or is it, you know, what turns into echo chambers on social media? 
Um, Jesse, do you want to start with that? And sure, sure. It's uh, it's kind of a, a little bit of that uh, BK and everything in between. Um, uh, and you know, it's it, it's unique in in every setting. But you know, I would always suggest with uh, um, you know Jeff is asking uh, uh, how do you obtain the data in the first place. Um, you know, use what you have at your disposal initially. Um, are, are you using any sort of feedback forms or um, uh, customer um, uh, um, feedback collection systems? Uh, are you using um, uh, any technology that would be capturing some sort of data um, with uh, that is pertinent to the process that you want to want to measure, uh, but ultimately, you know, when it comes to customer service, um, it's it's often to, to good to I find put yourself in the customer's shoes. Um, you know, go through the process that your customer is going through um, and see perhaps what some of the pain points for you might be, what some of the uh, things that go well, um, and, and really start there by putting yourself in in their shoes and going through the process. Uh, but it, it doesn't hurt to ask folks either. Um, again, um, you know, a customer service, customer experience is, is very unique and subjective. So, you know, the person in front of me may have a, a fantastic time uh, obtaining a permit or, or performing some sort of transaction. Uh, and the person behind me may have the worst possible time uh, ever. Um, and it's going to be for different reasons. So it's, it, it's always um, good to, to ask why somebody may have had a good experience or somebody may have had a bad experience experience. Um, and also, uh, you know, uh, it tap your staff. Uh, you know, often it, it, if it's not a completely uh, transactional electronic process, um, you're going to have staff or people on the other side of the transaction involved. So, you know, I, I offer them um, a chance to give some feedback as well about what they feel is working well when they're trying to provide some sort of service to a customer uh, and where they think improvement can be made as well. Yeah, and then I, I know uh, a lot of agencies will use the program registration system reports, maintenance management reports to get some data. You know, there's some really good software for asset management, asset inventory. Mm -hmm. um, and then the use of GIS is, is I think, going to become increasingly important for uh, the park and recreation industry. I'm seeing so many more agencies using GIS applications uh, to determine uh, some issues relative to equity in terms of where uh, parkland acreage is, where amenities are, and things like that. And another uh, tool to be able to use is take a look at the NRPA Park Metrics database. Um, that, that has some comparisons that could be helpful. There's some information there. It doesn't really matter if you're in Birmingham, Alabama, what um, Kalamazoo, Michigan is doing, but there are some metrics there that are, are really helpful. And wouldn't it be great if there were more organizations in our industry that would start capturing some data so that we can do better benchmarking? I know in the master plan work I do, so many times an agency wants to get a sense of staffing levels. And BK and I recently uh, exchanged some information about this is, you know, how do you know what the appropriate level of staff uh, members are, especially on the maintenance side of things. And it, it, there really isn't any standard um, uh, that relates to that. But yeah, there's, there's all sor sorts of opportunities that we can do to, to make that happen. So I, I have this uh, little process uh, chart here, just showing uh, the expanse of what's involved in measuring. So I start with uh, a strategic objective. So I, I started by talking a little bit about the Park District of Oak Park. 
And one of their strategic objectives is to become more customer focused. They wanna really make sure that the customer is driving a lot of their decisions and the way they operate. So then from that objective, they'll develop a, a key performance indicator. An obvious one is uh, customer satisfaction. So measuring customer satisfaction. And I will say, um, uh, agencies are not so great at, at having any kind of a system-wide approach to measuring customer satisfaction. You know, in order to really get robust and useful information about customer satisfaction, there should be an overall process for all parts of the organization. And you gotta be careful with frequency. I know there's some agencies that will send out customer satisfaction surveys uh, just, you know, like every eight weeks and people are like so sick and tired of it. So you got to be careful. But, you know, I think generally speaking, our organizations are really good at capturing information. It's, I always use the acronym of CAR, C-A-R-V, capture, analyze, respond, verify. So yeah, it's all well and good to capture, but we want to make sure that we analyze the information and then what do we do with that? I mean, if it's something customer centric, we want to respond to the customer, say, hey, we've done, we've measured, we found out this result, and then verify that if you need to put some improvements in place, that you verify, you document that, that you uh, have made those improvements. So uh, a lot of organizations that have never measured, they'll start with just a simple Excel spreadsheet. Uh, an agency that's done it for a while, like Park District of Oak Park, they, they use a software program called iDashboard. Um, and then they're able to show real-time information on their website. So start with a strategic objection, objective of customer focus, key performance indicator, overall customer satisfaction. So data source, and this is important. Uh, people run into trouble when they try to measure something that it takes more time to get the result in the measurement than any value you derive from the result, if that makes sense. So you gotta have, you gotta identify like what's the data source? Is it program registration system? Is it a 311 system? You know, where, where are we getting the data? And then taking a look at, you know, how difficult is it? If it's gonna be really difficult to measure and very, very time consuming, and that's, I think, when I think about staff resistance to measures, a big part of it is time. Like, hey, I'm busy, <laughs> leave me alone. I don't have the time to do this stupid stuff. Um, so you've got to be really careful about number of measures and how you're doing it. And then frequency, you know, how long or, or how often are, are you going to uh, do this measure? Like I mentioned about a lot of agencies will use customer satisfaction measures and they'll do it every eight weeks, and then there's no time to do anything with that information. So they're just collecting, collecting, collecting with no end result. And then after you got going, you, you want to establish what target, you know, what, what are we aspiring to? Um, and, and currently, what is our baseline performance? So when you get started, you'll put in how you're doing currently. And then after you've gotten some data to work on, you'll wanna establish some level of target. Jesse made some really great points about data visualization. I know I once worked with an organization that had 20 pages worth of measures. And I thought, oh my God, I mean, if I were an employee, 
uh, I would just absolutely go crazy. It's so much information. And when I asked the employees about it, they all gave the company line of, oh, yes, it's very valuable. Yes, we, we use it all the time. But to me, it's like you're not going to get employee buy-in if, if you're flooding it with just so many different measures. I know I always say from an organizational perspective, if you have somewhere 12 to 20 key measures, that's, that's a good place to start. Uh, and that would be something when you look at Park District of Oak Park, if you get on their website, they have a ton of measures. Um, I know for me, I would want to shrink that down, start, start small. And as Jesse said, less is more. So that's kind of the process. You relate it to an objective. You identify what an indicator is. What's the data source? Is how easy is it to do? What's the frequency? Baseline performance. How are we doing currently? And then based on how we're doing currently, let's establish a target. And then it's really good to retool this and take a look at this like on an annual basis. Because when you get started, you'll find there's some measures that, mm, okay, so like what value is derived from that result? Not a whole lot. So just discontinue that, come up with something new or, or just eliminate that as a, as a measure. So the last part we're gonna, we're gonna do, next slide. Oh, sorry, Barbara. Yeah, that's okay. You were, so, you were so enthralled in the conversation that you forgot to change the slide. Um, okay, <laughs> so just, we thought we'd give some examples of what we see are common metrics. Um, like one, and these are on the, on the maintenance side of the house. Uh, so mobile acres per full-time equivalent employee. Uh, that's, that's actually a pretty common one that we see. Um, and, and what that doesn't take into account is just the, the variation uh, that's involved in different types of uh, park maintenance. Uh, if you're doing an athletic field, that requires a different level of effort than just general park maintenance. So operating costs per acres, um, number of employees per 10,000 population is a, is a really common indicator. Um, a lot of systems are looking at reducing mowing, so just tracking uh, how many acres are being transferred to no mow acres. Uh, utility use, really important, water, electricity, uh, you know, what's trending, how is that trending. Satisfaction rate of park users and athletic field users. Typically, park and recreation agencies are really good at measuring the program side of the house, not so much on the park side, but it's really good to know how your, your users are feeling about athletic fields and just general parks. Um, internal customer satisfaction toward work order systems. Work order systems end up being huge pain points for organizations. So, hey, let's measure how satisfied our internal customers are, our other employees, and what do we need to do to improve the process? Uh, a lot of systems will have park maintenance scorecards of taking a look at all of the assets and amenities within a park and uh, evaluating uh, in terms of their condition. And that's something that you can just incorporate into a regular audit. Uh, cycle time for vehicle repair, if that's really excessive, that's going to really create a backlog of problems for employees operating vehicles, lost time from accidents, and then output measures, um, which are not as um, helpful in terms of adding value, but trending it year to year, because uh, that's something that I'm reminded of. 
many, many times in working with organizations, they'll say, we have lost 10 employees in the last five years, yet our park acreage and amenities have increased. But there's nothing quantified about that. So if you want to tell that as a good story, you should quantify, you know, how, how did the staffing comparison, um, what was it like then versus what it is now? It's a lot more compelling of an argument if you have some, some quantifiable data to back you up. And then cost of vandalism, employee retention, employee satisfaction. Um, and I have one other slide of some other uh, common metrics. So I have this first bullet because huge pain point for almost every organization I encounter, and that is the cycle time of staff hiring. Like if I were in charge of HR, one of my most important metrics would be cycle time of hiring. You know, I hear stories of it takes three, four months to get a person hired. And that is really a problem. Uh, program success rate. So the number of programs offered, how many of them went? Or conversely, uh, what's the cancellation rate? And what I have found just as a, 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 an area of interest, 80% um, is, is about what the, the benchmark is for a, a good uh, rate of success in offering programs. Uh, program retention, uh, you can't do that for every program, but for a membership-based program like fitness center memberships, preschool memberships, how many people are re retaining, you're retaining every year. Gross and net revenue, customer satisfaction, uh, program registration memberships. Um, and then everybody does strategic plans, master plans, yet very few measure progress. And that's really, really critical. So you want to make sure you do that earn revenue, actual to budget, so on and so on. Um, and employee turnover, what I'll say about that is almost every agency I work with will say a huge pain point is uh, retention of part-time staff. So um, that's something else that's important to quantify because there's a cost involved in retraining folks. So it's, that's an important metric as well. So those are just some ideas of metrics. And then the last slide we have is just in terms of culture and, and the, the need to have the appropriate culture to really make this work. So I think really important is empowering. So getting a lot of different employees involved in the measurement and, and having trust. Like the last bullet I have here Measuring performance is about strengthening performance. It's not about gotcha. And I think for some agencies, they feel as though a measurement is more of a punitive way of hammering on people. So really important to have a trusting environment. And that goes uh, along with just educating employees about why we're doing this, why it's important, really important for us to be able to tell our story. Um, and then we've talked about alignment with strategic direction, employee involvement, really great to be able to communicate with your partners, stakeholders, and the community. It's really great to have a dashboard on your website that your community can see how you're doing. Focus on the vital few, which has been a repeated message here. And then develop a regular routine for measurement, like have, have a sense of discipline about frequency, uh, re reporting back, 
because a couple people when you wrote when you wrote about obstacles or challenges, uh, some of you had written, you know, just a lack of follow through. So it behooves the senior leaders of an organization to make this information meaningful, meaningful to the community, meaningful to employees. So um, that that's our slides. Well, I guess we have about seven minutes left. So um, any questions or or comments that anyone has, we're happy to answer those. Yeah, and Barbara, while, while people are typing uh, in the chat, I'll just uh, kind of uh, close out something I had thought of. Uh, your, your slide here on performance culture had me thinking, and then the questions we had about where to start and how to measure customer uh, satisfaction and whatnot. It reminds me, when I, was, when I was in San Francisco a number of years ago, uh, I, I went to a, a, a large grocery store chain. I won't, I won't mention the name, and certainly a very successful national chain that we've probably all been to that would typically, that would certainly have the resources to hire the best consultants and data scientists to certainly undertake a, a, a performance assessment or an organizational assessment. But what they were doing when I got there was, was stuck with me to this day is right from the parking lot, uh, when we got out of the car, um, staff handed us a stack of about 10 smiley faces or 10 and 10 frown faces. And what they had us do is as we walked from the parking lot into the store and throughout the store and did our shopping, they had various points where we could either in, uh, drop off a smiley face or drop off a frown face uh, if, if, if our experience had gotten worse at that point. So we walked through the door, we would still, we were still happy when we got through the door, nothing was making us angry at that point. We put a smiley face in the bucket. We would go to the deli counter, perhaps something happened there. We might put a, a frown face in there and so on and so forth. And the idea was to use that through your journey through the store. Uh, and, and they would use that to assess where, why is everybody having a, a, an issue or, or a bad experience at this point in, in their journey? journey. So starting small, starting basic, and, and starting, um, uh, you know, just uh, uh, innovative like that, um, you, can, you can really gain a lot of insight uh, in embarking on um, simplistic uh, um, opportunities like that. Yeah, thanks. That was a good addition. I'll take a guess at what, what store it was. But <laughs> well, <clears throat> One thing that comes to my mind on your last bullet point there is, you know, the carrot and the stick. And when you kind of think of the traditional mindset when you think performance is usually more of a stick than a carrot. It is, especially when you're dealing with, you know, private sector versus public sector versus union and all these other kind of things. I mean, is there a best practice to be more appreciative and be more on the carrot side of things that doesn't necessarily conflict with union rules or, public administration rules, you know, like you can't give people time off as and these kind of things. So what are some things that people can do that won't violate labor issues and things like that? Yeah, well, you know, um, part of it is just there's so many ways of even non-monetary recognition. You know, when you look at um, what people say about recognition systems, at the top of the list for people is simple acknowledgement from the person they report to. So, and I think generally speaking, leaders are not really good at remembering to do that. So I think it's a part of just reporting back to your group. Hey, here's how we're doing. Here's some measures. And hey, here's some things that we're, we're really doing well. So celebrating those great uh, wins that you're having in terms of how you're performing. And then 
also, uh, you know, doing something about uh, those efforts that you're not doing as well, but just constantly reinforcing the affirmative and just getting people involved. I think, uh, and here's Sean McGrew, who is, must, must be a real reader. He says, a thousand and one ways to reward employees, um, a fun book to read. But yeah, so there's, there is so many opportunities from a non-monetary perspective of, of recognizing and honoring the, the really good work of folks. And I saw Joe jumped on with his camera there. Did you want to uh, expand upon the book that you brought up there, Joe? Unmute yourself. Sometimes if you just hold down on the space bar, it'll unmute you too. Okay, yeah. Can you hear me? We can. Yeah. Okay, yeah, that was a terrific book. Uh, and I uh, work for Parks and Rec in Philadelphia and I'm participating on a culture committee now, and I actually recommended it to them. They, uh, I think, broke it down a little bit and I'm going to use part of it. But basically, it was written by uh, John Doerr, and he's a big investor in startups out in uh, Silicon Valley. And very simple, he has a system called OKRs, Objectives and Key Results. You know, you set the objective, and then you pick two or three key results to determine whether or not you make it. You know, his recommendation, excuse me, his recommendation is quarterly, you know, for the measurement and the assessment. And uh, uh, Microsoft, uh, actually Bill, Bill Melinda Gates Foundation and Google, the founders of Google, have credited that to much of their success of their uh, endeavors. So it's super simple, but super effective. And, uh, you know, it's a pretty easy read if anybody's interested, but it's a, it's a terrific system that really lets you know whether or not your, uh, you know, your objectives are being met. So, Thanks, well, Thank you for sharing. That's great. Yeah, that is great. Thank you. And thank you, Sean, oh, for adding your insights on the books. And we just saw Jody put something in the chat box there. She says, I think that there is value in making it a priority to get to know your staff. Uh, it, it makes a little easier to know them and what's important to them. And I come from a team building background. That was my, my first hat in the ring in recreation was focusing on team development. And that is the 101 kind of process is you, you need to get to know everyone first so that you can build that comfort level and establish those layers of trust so that when you do give constructive feedback it's not viewed as an attack it's viewed as constructive feedback like it's meant to be but i've also been told by my wife that you know it's not what i'm saying it's how i say it so it is important to realize that you know sometimes energy and your inflection and the ways that things are communicated need to be appreciated as well and so it's uh it's always both sides of the coin and as my dad used to always say, make sure it, it's a sandwich. So you start with something good, then you give the criticism, and then you finish with something good. So that way uh, it doesn't get felt like an attack all the way through. 
Well, I, I see that we're at the end of our time here. I really want to thank Barbara and Jesse for your participation today. This was very insightful, and I really appreciate you taking the time to share your insights with us. Uh, do you have any thoughts that you would like to say in closing? Well, now just keep on trucking, and um, it might be good for us to give our email addresses in case anybody has a follow-up question. Um, I will be following up. I have a little document that I put together with all the contact details, as well as uh, your organization's contact details and those things as well. So I will be sharing that oh, with everyone. Great. But yeah, but thanks. You know, webinars, everyone's probably tired of webinars. It's hard to listen for such a long time. I really, really appreciate your, your attendance. It's something that's just so important. And yes. we as an industry need to do better. Yeah. Yes, thank you very much, everybody. Very much appreciated. So thank you, everyone, for your participation today. I will be following up with uh, contact emails for the recording as well as our next coming session where we'll be investigating asset management and investigating some of the thoughts of how do we keep track of some of the capital investments that we've been putting together. So again, I'm BK from the Pennsylvania Park Maintenance Institute. It's been great hosting you and we hope to host you again in the future. Thank you everybody.